0: Amen. Amen. Woo! It's working now. So I'm Pastor Paul. This is my wife, Elizabeth, and we are starting a new series this morning called Relate. And it's real talks about real life. And during the marriage conference, Pastor Zach and Bethany and Elizabeth and myself um, kind of were staged up here on some seats and just had a QA and very candid, uh, very unscripted, and really kind of liked the feel of that. And as we're kind of going into a relational uh, series, I just asked Elizabeth and the staff, it all kind of came up with the idea of trying to have a little bit more of a homey feel and not so much preachy.
1: A relation type feel? Well,
0: that too. <laughs> uh, but that's why I bring her because she's the she's the uh, t- tender, tender one.
1: <laughs> You're pretty tender. You
0: can't cover up my notes though, don't do that. Sorry. We're going to get in a fight right here in front of
1: everybody. Yeah. Surely not. <laughs>
0: But the intention is is to talk about real stuff, stuff that you're going through according to scripture. Um, And uh, today, uh, we really want to start this um, talking about what I believe is the heart to church, what is the heart about life, what is the heart about relationship, and that's love. And uh, you know, for you guys, oh no, not another sermon about love. Uh, Yeah, not really. This is going to be, I feel like, really completely different Um, but wanting to give you a couple perspectives as well as God's perspective on love. Uh, It says in John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, But if anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I think it's real easy right away to think, well, I know love. And I know how to love, but what he is saying is if anybody does not know God's love, if anyone does not understand who God is and God's love, um, then they don't know God. And that's our intention, is to kind of point out um, some uh, definitions scripturally of love and where we might kind of get hung up. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, and this hope will not lead us to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So as we come in this morning and we're going to be talking about love, and we're going to be talking about a God-type love, I want you to know the pressure's not on you. God, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, when you ask his Holy Spirit to come into your heart and you begin to serve the Lord, it is his responsibility to fill you with his love that what you were never capable of doing are now capable because of your connection to the Lord. So, the first one we want to talk about this morning is uh, the word love, but in Scripture, um, it is the Greek word phileo. And uh, Colin, I'm just going to let you take this. Mikey, I'm, uh, it's too much for me to handle up here. Uh, next slide. Phileo. And as this word comes up, I want you to look at it and tell me where you think this word comes from or where you've seen it. Can you all hit the next slide? There we go. Phileo. It comes from uh, uh, the city, Philadelphia, is named after this love. Do you know what the name, the, uh,
1: name of the city is?
0: The, the city is called? The City of Brotherly Love. Mm-hmm. And that's what this word, phileo, they didn't make that up. They didn't come up with some new little phrase. No, this is scriptural, this phileo love. And this is a type of love that is uh, brotherly love. It's a love between friends. It's a love between you and me. It's a love that is built by relationship, by hanging out together. Have you ever noticed that the more you hang with someone, the more you like them? Or maybe not. (laughs) Maybe the phileo is not Growing, It's declining. But phileo love.
1: Amen. And I um, noticed something the other day. I'm totally going to talk about you too. Um, so just prepare yourselves. Um, phileo love. Sorry. And I'm saying you two, meaning um, my daughter, Rita Marie, and her boyfriend, Bud, who've been together. Let me not mess it up. Almost three? Almost three years. Um, and they're in love. Uh, <laughs> But the other day, I was flipping through uh, Instagram, and, um, and, you know, I got on Instagram because I'm a mom, and I want to follow my kids. <laughs> Are any of you parents out there like that? I kind of do that. We don't
0: stalk our kids, do we?
1: We really don't. But, but um, I love to see what they're doing, and I feel connected, um, you know, when they post things. Um, so, of course, I follow a lot of their friends, too, so... I follow Bud. And um, he had posted the other day a picture of him and our daughter, Rita Marie. And I can't remember exactly the caption, but it was something like, my best friend. And it was the sweetest thing. It, it made me think of Phileo Love because you realize you go to this companionship place of talking together and sharing together. And um, Pete, are you looking it up? <laughs> um, but you know you share and it's really where we are I think in long-term relationships that you share that phileo love that you're your companions you're you're walking in it together and you had an example of King David and Jonathan I think
0: yeah if you go to scripture you want to see a great picture of what phileo love is um, go to the Old Testament 1st Samuel 2nd Samuel 1st Kings 2nd Kings you see you read the story of David And David is, again, one of my favorite uh, people from the Bible, but he also really knows how to love. You want to see the picture of love, go read Psalms. You want to see the picture of love, study him, because he had phileo love, but he also had a God-type love that we're going to go into later. But a great description or a great um, example of phileo love is the relationship that David had with Saul, the King Saul's son, Jonathan they had an unbelievably close, brotherly phileo love. So I would encourage you, go and read a little bit about that story to kind of get a get an idea of that. Now, one thing phileo love is not is it is not the um, sensual, attractional, physical love. It is more of a relational building uh, where we relate to each other and we begin to care for one another Um Family members, very much so. Church members, we should be building phileo love between church members just by meeting together, having coffee together, and building relationship. It's a good love. It's not bad. But the next love that we want to go into, uh, next slide, is eros. Eros is not phileo. Eros, in the Greek, is a sexual type of love, a sensual type of love. If you look at the word eros, can you see a word that might link close to it? Mm -hmm. Erotic. Erotic. And it's not bad. This kind of love God gave us, God made me to be attracted to, number one, to the opposite sex, but I believe specifically made me to be eros attracted to her not just to women, to Elizabeth, to my woman. (laughs) As funny as that sounds, and God made her to be attracted, Eros, to the opposite sex and also to me. Well, hopefully not
1: also, hopefully just to you. (laughs) Me also? (laughs) So you could just sit in there somewhere.
0: As long as I'm in there somewhere. Amen? Men?
1: No, no, no. (laughs) You're the one for me.
0: (laughs) This, as long as it is confined within the uh, borders or the boundaries of marriage, is awesome. It's awesome. But I want you to realize this is physiological. I am attracted physically, I am attracted visually. Uh, it is a feeling. Um, it is something that the Lord's given me, and I believe it's similar, and this is kind of me talking, because um, this is real talks, right? It's like a craving, like I crave food, but I have a physiological craving that Elizabeth meets, and that is that eros type of love. Very strong. A very strong force that somehow gets us together, Right? You want to share on that one?
1: No, I'll let that <laughs> one go go on by. Honey. Go
0: ahead and talk about how much you're attracted to me.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> Let's keep moving. So tell us. <laughs> no.
0: She wants to move on.
1: <laughs> it's kind of awkward. The guys are like,
0: man, it's finally interesting, church, finally. <laughs> um, but I want, you, I want you to catch something between these two loves, Phileo and Eros. Both of these are stirred and built in the natural. These we can do on our own. These, uh, I am physically attracted, but also the more that she and I spend time together, we build both of these. As I have lunch with you, you from the congregation or some of my friends, we begin to build this filet love. I don't have to try. Hey, Jeff, let's build our filet today. <laughs> you know, it'd be like... That's weird. <laughs> can we talk about football? Sure. And I will tell you, that builds phileo love. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Keep. I yeah. don't want, no, okay, then I will say something if I can pop in here. Um, I think, too, that we have to remember, I think that Eros love, you know, that attractional love. Unfortunately, sometimes I hear women say to me, well, I just don't love him anymore. You know, I fell out of love. I'm, I'm not attracted to him anymore. I'm, you know, I don't get those warm, fuzzy feelings anymore. And you know, love shifts as you grow together, and you and you you grow in your relationship. And I think that passionate love, as long-term married people, you really kind of have to make an effort. Where that phileo love, um, you know, that companionship love. I tell you, I can find myself at the end of the day, like if I have a struggle or something exciting that happened to me throughout my day, Paul is the first one that I wanna talk to. Um, I found myself doing that, I guess it was Wednesday, I had that big long story. Do you remember Wednesday? It was kind of trying in the morning. (laughs) Just say yes, yeah, good answer, good answer.
0: Go ahead and share it with them.
1: No, I'm not gonna share. I'm not gonna share my struggle, but, but I think in reality, like, I wanted to talk to my best friend. You know, I wanted I to remember, tell him. You do remember, by the way. You do remember, good good job. <laughs> um, but I think that sometimes people mistake, like when the worm fuzzies maybe are kind of trailing off, that they, they don't realize, you know what, that's normal. And, and you've got to work to kind of keep that passion alive, but you're really settling more into that companionship type of love. So you can go it, on. Is,
0: it is work. You have to work at it. And it's easy to check out and to either not listen or to not be available to hear that story. So many times we get so busy and we want to go and do our own thing. I had a, a dumb crisis happen to me over the weekend that wanted to separate our connecting and we have to work at getting back FaceTime to talk to each other because we must have phileo love. We must have that relational love. We also must have that eros love. In the marriage, it ha- we have to have them all. So again, as I was saying on the first two, they are in our own efforts. Um, that Part of it is what God's made us to be a- attracted to each other, but also we have to, be, we have to make effort toward our phileo love. But the last love that we want to talk about today is agape, agape love. This one also is from Scripture, and we're going to show you some Scriptures in just a moment. But this is the ultimate love. This is not brotherly love, nor it's not eros love. This is a, the most self-sacrificing love. This is a God-type love. This is the type of love that God has for us. This is the type of love that God, when we receive him as Lord and Savior, desires to put into us. And I'm going to show you why. Agape love is the love that Jesus Christ took to the cross to die for us. It was agape love. It couldn't have been phileo love, and it, of course, wasn't eros love. We did not have that brotherly love relationship with Jesus. We did not have it. It was 2,000 years ago. It was agape love. He already knew that we were coming. He already loved us in a way that we can hardly even understand. And he died 2,000 years ago, not just for those that were living, but for us today. It is an unbelievable type of love. If we can ever grasp that love and that love that God has for us, that's why it said, if you don't know love, you don't know God. Because God is love. These two must be connected. You can't receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and not know the love of God. So, as we look at uh, agape love, it's, it's this word love in the Greek is the word that was used in John 3.16. For God so agaped, for God so agaped the world... That he gave his one and only son, that whomever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you go to the Greek, if you go into your internet and go look it up, you will see that that word in the Greek is agape. Phileo love develops over time, building over time as we grow close to each other. Eros is attractional, it's a feeling, it's a reaction, it's a desire. Can you see that those first two are carnal and worldly and in our control? But agape is greater, it's bigger, it's godlike, and it is associated with the love of God. It is the highest and most supreme form of love. It is a love that was willing to die for us while we were still sinners. It was a love that was willing to give everything for us. While we were Christ's enemy. Can you see that if we can receive this agape love, the scripture of loving your enemies can be possible. The scripture of praying for your enemies can be done. All of a sudden, our ability to love is taken out of our own ability and taken into Christ's. Our, my ability to love my wife goes to a whole other level, and I'm, I'm about to get a, ahead of myself. Okay. But loving our enemy. Have y'all ever read that scripture? I don't like that scripture. I don't want to love my enemy. I want to hate my enemy. Can anybody agree? It's, it's in me. I'm made to want to hate my enemy. We went to the Tennessee Tech basketball game last night, which was awesome. Yeah, what about that? It was so awesome. Uh, by the way, we're, yeah. I think we're number one in, our, in the OVC. Yeah, go see them. It was full. It was awesome. But I hated Belmont last night.
1: But you hated what?
0: Belmont. Oh. Hmm. I mean, to the core, <laughs> I hated them. But I can see that through the love of Christ, I can love Belmont. Belmont. <laughs> As dumb as that sounds, there are people at your work you hate, but as Christ begins to really take over your heart, you're going to see them differently. Maybe you don't agree. I can tell you that sometimes me and God don't agree, but it doesn't affect his love for me at all. Anybody here ever disagreed with someone? When you are filled with agape love, it doesn't break. It doesn't cause you to break.
1: Amen. I can read a little scripture right here, Colossians three twelve um, through fourteen. It says, "Above all, above all that I put on, I put on love. I clothe myself with the behavior marked by mercy, tender-hearted pity, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of myself, gentle ways, and patience. I have the power to endure whatever comes with good." temper. I have the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. I am gentle and forbearing with others. And I have a difference or a grief if I have a difference or a grievance with someone, even as the Lord freely has forgiven me, I forgive others. And so I think it's that idea of putting on love. You know, sometimes you you used a very strong word which was hate. And you know what? I don't like to even really use that word. When my kids were little, I taught them very early on, we don't we don't hate people. We don't use the word hate. Um and I think that it's important that we teach children and that we um have that stance over ourselves that you know what? I'm not going to hate people. And sometimes people hurt you and it's painful and it's it's uh leaves you feeling wounded. But the truth is the word of God says, I gotta put on love. I mean, I really believe the only way that we can love people is for the love of God to flow in us, to be poured into our hearts. And I will tell you one of the things that I always do if I'm struggling with someone, is I start praying, Lord, I wanna see them how you see them. Because you know what, when I can see somebody like he sees them, like he loved them so much, he died, he, he loved them so much, Father God loved them so much, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die, Jesus gave that, and so you know what, when I start saying, Lord God, help me love them like you love them, you know what, I can love people, and I do love people, That has been something God has done for me. I'll probably have to be tested in this this week as I'm sitting here declaring I love people. I do, though. I love people. And you know what? That is supernatural. That is a supernatural thing to just say, you know what? I love people. And it's the love of God in my heart. I love them.
0: It says in Romans 5.10, I don't have it for you on the screen, but it says, for while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. It is the agape love that he loved us before we ever chose him. Do you know that the worst sinner that's walking out here on the street, by the way, that's me, but the worst sinner walking out here on the street, God loves them, paid the ultimate price for them. There is nothing that can separate that agape love. He created them, he loves them. Even while they are still sinners, he loves them. If you're here today and you don't know that love, you've not received Christ, then we, we can't even get, get to this next point of having that love. You've got to receive Christ. You've got to acknowledge that he loves you. And I want you to know, if you'll hang around this body just a little bit, you're going to find out God loves you. God loves you. We're such a loving congregation. It's one of the best qualities that this congregation has is how we receive each other and love each other. Um, Everybody's going through so much. Everybody's done a lot of bad stuff. And unfortunately, we know a lot of it. Y'all know a lot of the bad stuff I did, but you still love me. The only way you could love me is because of the Lord. It's the only way. We can build relationship but truly love each other. Amen? So... To die for an enemy is not what humans do, right? It's a God-type love. He died for us while we were enemies. It was his initiative. Still dead in our sins. Jesus laid down his life for us. He poured out his blood for us while we were still sinners. I want you to know that in order to be able to love your children appropriately, you must have this agape love. In order for me to love my wife, like Scripture says, Scripture says for me to love my wife like Christ loved the church. Do you know how he loves the church? Knowing how we will abuse him. He already knows the terrible things that we've done and will do. But he says for us as husbands to love our wives like Christ loved the church, the only way I can do that is with the love of God, is with agape love a love that I would literally be able to give my life if I was given an option of my children and my family dying or me dying in place of them, that I could possess that kind of love for my family, for my children. Amen? Agape love.
1: Amen. You know, I remember when we first had children and the first time, and of course, Thereta Marie was our first And the first time I held her, and I think I finally thought, I get it. This is how God loves us. Because I remember I I was holding her, and I thought, I would die for her. Like, I had never felt that before in my life. I would step in front of a bus. I would, I, I'm telling you, I, and I'd never felt that before. And I felt that over every one of my children. It's amazing to me, but I think the thing of it is, is you think about God and you think, he did it for people who didn't even love him. Like he did it for people who were whipping him and spitting on him. I mean, in one way, I think about holding my sweet babies and thinking, yeah, I would die for you. Well, of course, I mean, it seems kind of natural, really. But you think about how God loves us. It's amazing to me. And I can tell you that song we sang today, um, that Yahweh, what, what is that Yahweh? Is that the name of that song? He is Yahweh. He is Yahweh. I love that song, by the way. Um, it's old. It's, uh, what's his Paul name? Paul Wilber. Thank you. You can just fill in the blanks. This is companionship love right here. <laughs> he knows what I'm we trying to We complete each other's sentences. <laughs> he gets me. Not really. <laughs> um, But you know, to think about, I love that little song because he's talking about like the creator of the universe. You know, he's on the mountains, he's filled up the seas, he's big, he's this awesome God and the lover of my soul. Like, that's who he is. He's all this greatness, creator, redeemer, savior. Like, he loves me, he's the lover of my soul. Like, he loves me so much, he gave it all. That's how he loves you. He loves us like that. Amen.
0: It's Maybe really overwhelming. I hope, I hope you're receiving. Um, let's, if y'all got your Bibles, let's, uh, let's turn to John chapter 21. And we're, we're about done. John chapter 21. I want you guys to see this. If you've got your Bibles, uh, and you don't mind to mark it up, Underline a couple words with us as we go, but John chapter 21.
1: Can I just say before you read this, I want to remind you guys that Peter, you're about to read this, this is Peter, right? That's where you're going. The reinstate, when he reinstates him, he restores him. But I want you to remember in Matthew um, 26 that Peter denied Jesus three times. And how he was so sure he wouldn't do it, he was like, no, I'll never do that. I'll never deny you, Lord. And he denied him. And so I'm just putting that in context. Go ahead.
0: So it says, John 21, 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon of John, do you love, catch that word, agape me, more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I phileo you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Next scripture. Verse 16. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me, agape? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love phileo you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Verse 17. A third time he asked him, Simon, son son of John, do you love me, phileo? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. Still the same verse. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I want you to catch how the first two times Jesus said, do you agape me? Do you agape me? Do you love me like I love you? And Peter was not on that same playing field. He had not had the agape teaching and understand what he was saying. And, and Peter, from a natural standpoint, kept saying, yes, you're my brother. I love you. We have a relationship. We've been building this. Yes, I love you. But I want you to notice every time that Jesus referred to love, he then placed care for his people next. If you love me, then care for my people. And I believe that he was saying in the front end, if you can't agape, you can't love the people. Those two have to go together. But finally, Jesus said the third time, do you phileo me? And I believe Jesus was even questioning, Peter, do you even really love me like you're saying you love me? And to Peter's credit, Peter finally gets it and says, well, Jesus, you do know everything. So the fact that you're even asking me a question makes me question myself. If God ever asks you a question, realize he knows the answer. Has the Lord ever asked you a question? He knows the answer. It's rhetorical. He's trying to get you to think. Have you ever asked your child, hey, Hmm. did you clean your room? Kids, most of the time, your parents already know. They've already walked by or they can smell it. (laughs) Yeah? And then our response is, are we going to be happy? Uh
1: Will I be happy? I say that. If Uh, I came and look at it. In mom's eyes, did
0: you clean your room? (laughs) Uh, Let me go take a look at that again. Good. We already know the answer. The answer is no. Go do it again. Right? But Peter is saying, Jesus, you know everything. You know that I love you. Or at least in Peter's heart, God, you know that I think that I love you. And Jesus responds with, then feed my sheep. Um, it is so necessary that you begin to grasp this agape and that your ability to agape, your wife, your spouse, your church member, the lost, the homeless, is impossible without being filled with the love of Christ. You know, you may be here today and you may say, Pastor, I've never given my heart to the Lord. The thing that you're lacking, the thing that you're searching for, yes, is God, but it is love. You have gone your whole life missing that component of love. Do you know what everyone desires? It's to be loved. It's to be loved just like you are, instead of people always having a hook around their love that if you will meet this need, then I will love you. And we walk around our entire life wanting someone to love us just like we are. And it's impossible without Christ. But with Christ, I can love my enemy. I can love what's going on in our nation. I can love those, the people that looks like our enemies of Christ, followers of Americans. I can love the way that God loves. It's an incredible thing to think that I can love like God loves. You have that potential. And do you know that you can never have the marriage that God has called you to have without agape love? The recipe for marriage is agape. The phileo and the eros will come, but it must have the agape. Without the agape, as hard as we try on the phileo and the eros, we will never reach God's desire for marriage.
1: Do you want me to say something?
0: Please. And
1: He kind of looks at me and I'm thinking, uh, is it time for me to talk? Um, I couldn't help if he was wrapping it up. We are. Okay. <laughs> so maybe keep wrapping then or do you want me to say something?
0: Put a bow on it.
1: Put a bow on it. Okay. Put a ring on it. Um, Put a bow on it. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, I do want to point out just a few things. The first thing, when, you know, when Peter, when, when, when Jesus was restoring him, I think it's so beautiful that he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And that Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know, by the time he finally answered it the third time, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. I mean, but I'm loving you like phileoing you. I, I love you, but you know. I mean, Peter, Peter was like ready to walk away. He denied him three times. He was going to go back to fishing. I mean, he pretty much was going to go do his own thing. And Jesus come back comes back and restores him. And I think it's such a beautiful picture. And his message to him is, then, then feed my sheep. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Love my people. Feed my people. Um, I also want to point out to you right after the scripture that it says in verse 20, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Well, that was another story about the betrayal. But it's interesting, John wrote this. And do you know in the book of John, John describes himself as the one that Jesus loved? I think about five times, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, at first... When I read this, especially considering poor Peter, you know, had just like denied Jesus and had to get restored. And then, and then John's like, and then Peter turned around and saw the one that Jesus loves. It almost comes across kind of haughty and proud to a degree. But I want to point out to you, the more that I have read this and the more that I've really thought about John's perspective to be able to say, he loves me. I'm the one that Jesus loves.
0: I'm his favorite.
1: It's so good to me.
0: That's what he's saying and it's not wrong.
1: It's so good to me to just know we're the ones. We, I, you, we, you are the one that Jesus loves. And we're all that. And that is so good to me. So I think just putting a bow on this More than anything, I think let's just walk in that love. Let's just receive that love that God has for us. And let's love people like he loves people. And you know what? It's supernatural. But let's pray that he pours that love in our hearts. You want me to go ahead and pray? Okay, so let's go ahead and pray together. So Father God, we just thank you for this morning, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you are the lover of our soul. Lord God, that we are the ones that you love. Lord God, we pray right now, Lord God, that you would pour your love in our hearts, Lord God, that you would just overflow us with with your love, Lord God, that we would love your people, that we would love people. Father God, I pray this week, Lord God, that you would just show us edifying words that we can speak over individuals' lives, Lord God, that we would be able to walk in, Lord God, and be able to speak your love and your word forth. Father God, do what you long to do. And right now we come yielding and we come submitting to you, And Lord God, we just say, have your way, Lord God. Put us in the right place at the right time, Father God. And let your love, let us be an instrument of your love. We choose to clothe ourselves in love, Lord God. And Father God, I just thank you that you are pouring your love in our hearts right now, Lord God. That we would love people regardless. That we would love people unconditionally, Lord God. And I thank you, Father God, that you do that for us. Do that, Father. Thank you, God, that you love us, Lord. Remind each and every person here today, Father God, of your love for them. Oh, you love us, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for that love. Lord God, you love us unconditionally. You love us regardless. We're the ones that you love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.